0: You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi, and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I am Mira McCart. And I'm Erin McCourt. Welcome back with us this week. As we have a couple of things to talk about. First, we are joined this week by our wonderful editor, one Riley McCart. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to come and talk with everyone, with us, I guess, about Cocaine Bear, The True Story. We thought we'd get the youth's perspective because I know when the drama movie, comedy, whatever farce that was, my 14-year-old was like, all about it. That's all he talked about because he wanted to see it so bad. So we had to get the used perspective.
1: Welcome, Riley. How's it going today? It's
2: going great. Are you excited to join us? I'm excited.
1: What about uh are you thinking like I want to see how the magic happens because I only get a post recording. I have not seen an actual recording other than for me to like yell at you because you guys are being loud in the background.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's weird to see how this actually plays out.
0: Yeah. Maybe yeah. have a little yeah. more appreciation for us now. Moving forward, I'm just saying, <laughs> maybe <laughs> we're artists, okay? We're artists. <laughs> Ooh, that's a stretch,
2: right? I know a big I stretch.
1: <laughs> yeah, calm down. Right. <laughs> okay, I need to believe that I'm bringing something to the table. Okay, so endless wit, good times. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, guys, this documentary can be seen on Peacock. It was released in 2023. I'm sure in response to the lovely drama, comedy, farce movie. Mm-hmm. It's only 51 minutes long, which is perfect in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And directed by Robert Palumbo and Tom Pollock. I will say that Robert Palumbo did another documentary called Sex, Lies, in the College Cult, which was really fucking good. So okay. everyone go watch that as well. I think the
1: style of this documentary was really interesting. It's very... In my opinion, made for TV. They're definitely like breaks and there's a lot of fast graphics and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm like, oh, this is um, more for attention getting
0: than fact finding delivery. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And the narrator sounded like she was auditioning for 60 Minutes or Dateline or something, right? It was, it was 100% read as a true crime style narrative is what she was doing. Right. But there were a lot of funny,
1: um, what I I want to say? Like camera tricks where they would take the the video and rewind it and like, you know, do things like that. And I, it's just, it reminds me of like the old unsolved mysteries or something. There's, mm-hmm. there's a historic way that they did it that I'm like, Oh yeah. It just made me laugh.
0: My only issue with that is it jumped around a lot. It jumped back and forth and back and forth. And I'm going to be honest they were writing the coattails of the fame of cocaine bear, because as we all know, that has very little to nothing to do with the story. (laughs) And so that's kind of annoying, right?
1: Yes, I agree with that. I haven't seen the movie, I would have liked to have taken a peek at that to understand kind of where they embellished, because obviously, the true life events versus the movie, even they showed snippets of the movie, and I'm pretty sure the bear didn't, Kill anybody in real life or whatever And I don't even know if they killed somebody in the movie
2: But I thought they killed people in the movie But there were no deaths in the documentary And it's dumb
0: I mean there were but not by the bear
2: Yeah (laughs) Okay. The bear didn't kill anyone I think that's dumb I agree It would have been a cooler documentary if he like ate some people
0: Insightful (laughs) I I love it (laughs) I believe the bear died within like minutes Of ingesting the cocaine So his part was (laughs) Very minimal. Mm-hmm. They also found him six weeks later. Right. That's true. So we don't know what happened. He could have partied it yeah. up first.
2: <laughs> he really or just could just overdosed have. and died.
0: The most likely scenario. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's dive in, shall we? We shall. Okay.
1: So the way we start off the story is it's December. It's 1985. Northern Georgia. Think Chattahoochee National Forest. We have a hunter just minding his own business and comes across the scene. And what's in this scene? A dead bear and Mm -hmm. a duffel bag and a parachute. Which I'm sure really raised some eyebrows, right? So the hunter calls it in to the authorities. And I think that even the authorities are like, say what now? What? Sorry, what? Um, (laughs) So we meet a lady named Fran Wiley. She's with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. GBI. I feel like that is something you have to know if you're a true crime person because they always talk about the GBI. So she's an agent. She's now retired, as is everybody in this story, because you know they're still around. They're not old. You know. <laughs> That's right. They're old. Thank you. Yeah. And you will be now be muted. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a game warden who was called about this, and they do go out and confirm that they're is a bear, there is a duffel bag, and there is a parachute, and they're like, what the fuck is this? But they do find that the duffel bag contained uh, residue of cocaine, but there really wasn't any bricks of cocaine lying around. Like All of the payload that had supposedly been in the duffel bag was now gone. So I think initially they thought, well, the bear just had a fucking moment and ate all of this, (laughs) but... You know, that part will remain to be
0: discussed at a later time.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And then we go back a few months. Like I said, you guys, this documentary mm-hmm. jumps around. It gets on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> we're in Knoxville, Tennessee, September 1985. And we're talking to one Jimmy J.J. J. Jones from Knox County. He's a detective. And his accent <laughs> is stellar. I love it.
1: Can we talk about the fact
0: that he was hot? He was sexy
2: when he was younger. Yes,
0: he was.
2: Ooh. He was.
0: Not so much anymore, JJ. Sorry, but you know, we all get that point. I
2: know. We kind of look yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah.
0: the it's the colonel hair that he's got going on that I'm not digging. It's about helmety. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't need any chicken mm. thanks, sir. <laughs> <laughs> They get a call from some old man who's like, listen, there's a person in my driveway trespassing. And if you don't come take care of it, I'm going to take care of it. And I thought, my God, that's the most American thing ever. <laughs> but he called first. That's true. I be like he gave the guy a fighting chance. <laughs> well, come to find out the guy was already dead <laughs> in the driveway. So <laughs> this cat couldn't have done much of anything. Do you think more. they thought he was like a drunk? <laughs> <laughs> Could have been. Just passed out in the dra- with a random parachute next to him. You never know. I mean, I guess <laughs> Oh, that made me laugh so hard.
1: I'm like he's not moving. Is he really a threat? I don't know. It'll be
0: all right. Yeah. Not. Don't send an ambulance. Just get the cops down here yep. before I shoot this unconscious person in my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Can't park. You my don't car. go out like poking with a stick or something, right? Well, and the best part was apparently it woke him up in the middle of the night. With this cat fell from the sky, and he was like, "Meh," and just waited till the morning to call it in. <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah 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 there were some nice reenactments that's true yeah so mm-hmm. the, the the trespasser was a dead body of a skydiver and it looks like the parachute didn't open all the way there was a duffel bag hooked to him that was full of packages marked usa that's a good thing otherwise we would have never known where it was destined to go I mean, yeah. And thanks for labeling. According to JJ, it was very high quality of cocaine. He could say this just from just from looking at it. Didn't even need to test it. He knew. But when but well, when they cut it open, there was
1: a distinct smell—the smell of cocaine—and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. How close did he have to get to smell
0: it? <laughs>
2: What does it even smell like?
0: Apparently pure cocaine. No one knows. Well, JJ knows.
1: (laughs) I was like, he was hot. He was out and ready to party at the time. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Man, he was Uh. hot. (laughs) (laughs) He was a fine gentleman right there.
0: Yeah, that's right. You got to keep that girlish figure. So that's how he knew what cocaine smelled like. Anyway, Brian, apparently, it was between 30 and 40 kilos of cocaine, which seems like a lot. I'm not in the business, but it seems like a lot. And potentially worth millions of dollars,
1: right? Mm-hmm. So, seems like the, the makings of a mystery. And then, as they continue to examine the body, gets even more interesting.
0: Right. They find attack knives, some spear-like things in his pocket. I have no idea what those were. Do you think he there was like a quiver and he had a bow somewhere they didn't mention?
1: <laughs> well, I'm just
0: thinking like,
1: was a, was a Chinese throwing star just like, it's too bulky. So he had these like little pokey sticks where you could like whip those out at people.
0: I don't know. But it was very weird. It is very weird. He had night vision goggles. Yeah. As you do. Yeah. Five thousand dollars in US currency, some precious and semi-precious stones in the money belt. And I'm like, in case the dollar bill crashes by the time you get back to the US, what do we what do we carry that for?
1: <laughs> right? I mean like all of the currencies, right? He also had gold cougarans, which I was like, is that is that even a, that sounds made sounds
0: up. Sounds like a pirate's doubloon, right? I had to look it up. That's that's what I was going to say. They were out of doubloons <laughs> at the bank, so you had to get some cougarans. Right. <laughs> it is South African coin. I had to look it up. So they are legit units of currency. And what do they have on them?
1: There was much speculation of what that animal
0: was. I can't remember what they said it was. I mean, they were talking about, oh, it was like some wild animal, but they did flash a thing on the screen. It's a Springbok. And I was like, thanks for the due diligence. Cool. cool, things. So. Mm-hmm. He also had a 9 millimeter gun and a wristwatch like James Bond. Like, it had, like, fucking mace in it or something. I don't know. Maybe a, a wire that he could shoot up and climb up a building. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> what it had. But it had a lot of gadgets <laughs> and shit. And apparently yeah. Gucci loafers. Right?
2: Because he's bougie. Well, yeah, he's it's fucking bougie. Yeah, he's got to have. I style. mean, you're gonna step
1: to go with those cougars, stepping right yeah. out of the plane, right into the nightlife, so you can spend your five thousand dollars in '80s money, which is how much today today's money, everyone?
0: Fourteen thousand. It's All actually right. probably pretty close. I think it's about three times. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. I think. Yeah,
1: very good. He also had, um, with that gun, he had like armor-piercing pier- bullets, like the kind that can shoot through body armor. Mm-hmm. So I think the cops were like, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. So
0: they uh, found that a plane had crashed in Hayesville, North Carolina, and they found the plane was registered to a man from Lexington, Kentucky. So not Pablo Escobar, just some guy from Kentucky. But he was
1: he was a little bit of an interesting cat. This is a gentleman.
0: Quotey fingers, gentlemen, named Andrew Thornton. Mm -hmm. And he had been a police officer. He had been a soldier. Like he, you know, was going to go to college. and was like, this is stupid. I'd rather go to Vietnam. Sure. That sounds legit. And ended up getting like a purple heart and shit. So he's like, well-decorated soldier. And they don't tell us what the purple heart is for, which I really would have liked
1: to have learned. because. When I think of Purple Heart, I think of somebody doing something um, selfless, like an altruistic act. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're helping somebody else out and they don't really (laughs) list that. So I'm like, is it made
0: up? Uh, What happened? Did someone else do an altruistic act that he took credit for, which is the more likely scenario? Right. He just like pushed him over a cliff and
1: he was like, it was me, it was me. There you go. Yeah. So... You totally get the feeling that this guy, and this is told from the perspective of a very interesting historian who <laughs> evidently knows all about Kentucky because he was somewhat related to Daniel Boone. <laughs> like,
0: good, good on you. It was really funny. I thought that too, and I'm like, of all the things to put on a resume, I don't know that I would put that on there, but
1: all right, sir. Yeah. I don't know of any historical problems with Daniel Boone, but it just seemed really funny. Like, because somebody was famous means that you're also, I don't know. I don't know that I can claim any kind of uh, fancy relations at this point in my life. So, good, good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, we do kind of find out that the duffel bag that was attached to, I'm going to call him Drew Thornton's body at the end of the old man's driveway, was the same make, color, all the. Traceable attributive things that was the same as the one that was found by the bear. So they're starting to make some associations between these cases. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And they also make a bit of a leap, in my opinion, to say, well, one bag, the one with the body, had 75 pounds of cocaine. And so, thus, the other bag must also have 75 pounds of cocaine based on nothing more than one point of data.
0: So I think they had more points of data. They did find other cocaine (laughs) dumped along the route, right? And I think they all had about the same amount. But yeah, it was portrayed as, well, this bag had this much, therefore, you're right. Mm -hmm. It was not portrayed well. But that's kind of where they're like, listen, this bear most likely did not eat 75 pounds of cocaine, (laughs) right? That seems excessive, even for Scarface. So we'll just say he didn't do it. Do you think they thought he was a polar bear because he was all white? <laughs> oh, it was before he rained. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> oh, good times. But then they're like, the cocaine was nowhere near the bear. They're like, it probably blew away or, or it dissolved. I'm like, do you think he ripped open every single brick of cocaine? And so that's why it washed away, but you found no remnants of the containers or wrappings or anything? That seems odd, right? Mm. Right, like he just consumed it whole. <laughs> It was just, oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> Goodness. Well, uh, Ron Bryant, our Daniel Boone relative, tells us a little bit more <laughs> about Drew Thornton, who apparently mm-hmm. is a blue blood. Like his family is all into that horse breeding. And considering what has just been going down at the Derby, I think seven horses have been had died now prior to the Derby. So I don't know that that's a good thing to have on your resume anymore oh the 2023 derby we had uh
1: four of the biggest scratches seven of the biggest
0: scratches seven yeah seven yikes uh, the last mm. one died like just hours before the race was held then i don't know that any of them are connected or what's going on they're probably drugging them to the extent that they cannot function and their hearts explode just a guess i have no idea fuck <laughs> sounds horrible right hmm again you're killing your income people but, like, these cats have been breeding horses for years. They actually had a couple Derby winners, so that's pretty impressive. hmm So right. he came from good, quote, breeding, Mr. Thornton. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know,
1: he seems to be a guy that's really interested in a life of thrill-seeking, and I think he was a successful soldier, and then he comes home, and he gets married, and maybe that's a little too um, boring, waspy for him, a little too mundane. Yeah. So he becomes an officer, which I was like, I didn't love that because I didn't speak well for... Like, if you want to be a police officer, you're supposed to keep the peace, not keep the chaos. I don't know. Just
0: a thought. I agree. I think if you're going to go into yeah. the police, you should want to help people. But I feel like most people go into it for the wrong reasons. They go into it because they want power. Or mm-hmm. something of the like. And it's that's uh, not going to end well. At least for the general mm-hmm. public. Right.
1: There's a guy named Jim Huggins who speaks about... Uh, he was a special agent in the FBI between 1986 and 1995. He worked with the um, Kentucky State Police. And he was talking about... So, the Lexington police were starting to notice a big drug problem on the college campuses because, again, the youths, they really like getting high and whatnot. So, um, they had the need to make. (laughs) You need to wait till you're in college for that, okay? And then, even then. Wait
2: until I'm in college to do drugs? Preferably, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's boring. Okay. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't promote doing
1: any drugs. Absolutely not.
2: <laughs> okay. We'll have okay. a
1: sidebar sidebar discussion later. <laughs> so they have the need to put a narcotics group together. And who but Drew Thornton is like, you know what? That sounds like some shit I need to be involved in. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, those crazy kids smoking that marijuana. Just can't control them. <laughs> Too much hacky sack. <laughs> put <it> down. <laughs>
1: I mean, there's only so many Doritos that can be supplied to this campus at the
0: time. Apparently. So. They just couldn't get traffic moving. Everything was too slow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So,
1: he buddies up with uh, one of his best friends, a guy named Bill Canaan. And I think they've been friends for quite some time, but Bill comes from a slightly different background. Maybe, maybe more of a working class background, but it doesn't matter because they have a lot of similar interests. Like being complete douchebags. That's a bonding thing. Can I say one of my very favorite things that was said was like, these were adult men and they would go dress up like students. And I'm like, do you think the students were like, do you even know a Nirvana song?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not in the seventies, but yes, as a general rule.
1: (laughs) I guess so. I guess it was a little earlier than I'm thinking, but yeah. I feel like there were very pronounced mustaches and stuff in the pictures of these two idiots. So I feel like the kids were like, mm, mm. you just reek of cop.
0: <laughs> it makes me think of the people that got to play the high school students in the movie Grease, and they were like 30, and you can tell they're like 30. <laughs> and I feel like they're the ones rolling up with their T-bird jackets on and whatnot. Just super hip. Super hip. Yeah. Mm. mm.
1: That's what I think, too. All right. So they infiltrate the student groups as best they can with those giant mustachios, and uh, they're <laughs> hanging out. There is some rumor that they harass drug dealers and then confiscate their drugs and proceed to resell them. And I'm like, well, that seems like the absolute best racket ever because the drug dealers can't go to the cops.
0: Right. What are you going like, to say? Them motherfucker took my drugs. Right. i bet they probably did too like bitch this is what's going on the cops are like that would never happen it's a brotherhood man right so here's where i have some issues with this documentary i have a lot of issues with the documentary they're like 1975 and they're like at this point in time cocaine bear was just a wee little cub just flopping around and now those were cute (laughs) cubs but it has nothing to do with the fucking story, and they know it, and they're just trying to put it in to keep it relevant. And they're like, fucking
2: stop it. They just wanted the bear in there. The bear oh, yeah. is supposed to be in the spotlight, not Andrew Thornton or whatever. I get right. that. I get that. And they
0: were cute cubs, but no, I'm not buying it. It's just a little hammy, right? That's the problem. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, it's a, it's a,
1: it's a really engaging story because it's so crazy. Yeah,
2: you know it'd be crazy if the bear killed some people. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but he didn't kill anyone
0: that we know of.
2: I know it's so
1: sad. Yeah, he could have. He could. Well, that's true. He could have mauled somebody before his cocaine days.
0: But Absolutely. wouldn't they find the body? Not if he ate the whole thing, like the cocaine. I mean, they don't he find bigfoot. A hungry bear. He's a big <laughs> bear. Uh, the last thing I'll say about those stupid little bear cubs was the fact that the narrator is like, the sweet little bear cub has no idea what's about to happen in his life, and I'm like, come on, man, just right, stop it.
1: Anyway, right, we don't always have to close this loop constantly. We we know eventually it's getting to a bear,
0: right. One of my absolute favorite things is they were talking about how our friend drew liked to show off to his other cop buddies and so right one day he's like running to jump over a car and he happens to be wearing a gun and the gun goes off it ricochets and shoots him and i'm like oh if it only had done more damage
1: right couldn't have tagged an artery or something
0: <laughs> i was just thinking maim him calm down
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's like He's doing like the Dukes a hazard move where yeah. they like slide across the hood of the car, which I'm not sure what kind of situation would in law enforcement that would call for. It doesn't ever. And he shoots himself. And I'm like, you're a jackass. <laughs> you're okay. Like an idiot.
0: Oh, uh, so much. God, that made me so happy. hmm Me too. But they uh they decided to move beyond that street level crime, Drew and his friend Bill. And Charles Stites, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name. He's the producer of the Fly by Night podcast. He's on this quite a bit as a pilot and just someone who knows the story. But he says, there are certain Mm -hmm. personalities who are always going to look for something bigger. And all I could think of was Gary Betzner from the Invisible Pilot or episode 25. (laughs) Same thing. This cat was never satisfied. Always having to do more. And I'm just, calm down. It never ends well, Mm -hmm. ever. Don't you guys ever watch True Crime? No. Well, I laughed because there's
1: there's a point in this where they say, Drew thinks he's smarter than everyone. And I'm like, I know he does. He shot himself in the goddamn leg. Like, no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They all do. Until they're caught. Yeah. 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 100%. So they started bringing in huge plane loads of marijuana into Kentucky to sell it. They make the comment that Drew and Bill used the connections in the, that they made in the drug scene. I'm like, are the people they didn't arrest? Who the fuck's going to talk to them? <laughs> Why would they talk to them? I don't know.
1: I mean, I think they probably had a hell of a sales pitch, right? Like, you know, work with us or work against us or we have this plan. I'm a pilot. Nobody's looking for us to be in the middle of the heartland. Those are the right. things I think.
0: Well, and also he was a blue blood. He was upper crust society. So he could fly mm-hmm. in and out and people are like, oh, he's just doing that privileged white man shit. I don't know. That's what are doing?
1: And he's a cop. So, I mean, he's probably got some connections. hmm
0: But then we talk about Melanie Flynn. Mm-hmm. So in 1977, there's a, a college student, I assume, her name is Melanie Flynn, they're using her as an informant, and this girl, she thinks she's doing the right thing, she's giving all this information to the cops, because she's a good girl. And the cops, unfortunately, are not good mm-hmm. cops, so... They're not good girls. No, they're not good girls.
2: <laughs> uh, they're I'm crooked. Sorry.
0: They're crooked girls.
2: Right. Crooked girls.
0: Yeah she starts to realize that they're, they're not good girls. And so they start to realize that she realizes, and then it's all downhill from there. Right. Right. Cause
1: they get spooked. I mean, they that's, that's kind of what we learn is she disappears after work one night. She's seen talking to two dudes and these two idiots fit the description. And she's just never seen or heard from again there is somebody that finds her bag and they kind of confirm that it's her through some medications that she had mm-hmm. um like I, I assume it's like prescription bottles with the you know labels and stuff huge like that huge
0: bottle according to but this it's... documentary
2: it was like a huge <laughs> bottle anyway <laughs> right a year supply why wouldn't they get rid of the purse though like get rid of all I evidence mean, they did but they did
1: that's what they're saying it was found in a river yeah by
2: uh stream side, yeah. Well, clearly they didn't so, do a good enough job. They You would think prints. that they would be better. If you're going to be a criminal, you got to be good.
0: Yeah, yeah, I 100%. Think the problem is most criminals are not that good. That's the point.
2: <laughs> well, again, well, we've talked...
1: <laughs> Drew is smarter than everyone, and he had not considered that maybe someone would find this, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't just immediately sink to the bottom of the lake with that giant bag of pills, or you would assume. bottle or whatever the yeah. fuck it was.
2: Did so, he not yeah. get humbled I mean, when he shot himself in the leg? Oh no! Like, come on, that alert. had to be very humbling.
0: <laughs> I think he probably got so mad he probably broke things and yelled at people like it was their fault. He sounds the type. <laughs>
1: Right, probably, right,
0: yeah, uh, fucking dudes, but yeah, they never did prove her murder. She's still missing, mhm, but because Drew is worried about internal affairs, he quits. That's not suspicious at all, in my opinion,, Mm-mm. right,
1: I'm just gonna go ahead and blow bye, thanks, bye, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not a good look for him, um, but I don't want our listeners to be worried about what Drew's gonna do to support his lifestyle because. As you know, he's flying in those plane bowls of the devil's lettuce.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, now we meet Rick Sanders. He's retired DEA. Mm-hmm. He's the one that says true thought of himself is smarter than everybody else. And again, <sighs> don't they all feel like they're smarter than everybody else? Mm. Right. But he also talks about Bradley Bryant, who is a childhood friend of Drew's. Like, they're both upper class, so they were raised together, went to school together. He's a successful businessman Mm -hmm. who happens to have ties with the mob. Some mob, any mob, not sure which. Organized crime, as it were. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Bradley goes to Vegas and meets the Chagra brothers, Lee and Jimmy Chagra. Apparently big players in the drug business. I'd never heard of them, but I'm sure they're extremely important gentlemen no shade. No doubt. Mm-hmm. The brothers decided they would, I might've written this down wrong, but it sounded like they would allow Drew to import larger amounts of drugs in the country. Were they regulating this?
1: I mean, that's sort of the feel that I got from it too. Cause I, I kind of focused in on that allowed bit as well. So I feel like, was there a contract? Did he write a really good essay of why he should be allowed to bring more in. I mean, he had to do something to be given a bigger piece of the pie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we also talk about the fact that he's not flying like a little bitty plane. He's flying some like giant world war two style plane <laughs> because it's a lot of volume to get the kind of score that he's trying to do. So I'm like, how obvious is this? Is it like got rainbows shooting out of it or it just sounds like if you were trying to be inconspicuous you would pick a small plane (laughs) right and that's just not this Just none of his story is inconspicuous
0: no but
2: i don't know that he wanted to be because he thinks he's better yes thank you hell yeah he's like i'm so good no one's ever gonna catch me that's right and i have this
1: goddamn (laughs) glorious mustache
2: no he looks like a pedo
0: yeah. It's not a good mustache. He does. Yeah. They said it It was estimated he was bringing about 10,000 pounds of marijuana at a time. That's, I mean, it takes a bigger plane to take that amount of weight. So he couldn't have made small hops. Right. He needed to be the big guy. The big right. guy.
1: Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm.
0: uh, Right. Unfortunately, December of 78, one of the Chagra brothers, Lee Chagra, was assassinated in his office. That's fucking bold, is all I'm gonna say. You walk into someone's office, like weren't there other people there? Didn't they see anybody? What if it was after hours? Well, then maybe he shouldn't be working so late, it's bad for your health, clearly.
2: <laughs> so true. True.
0: You'll find out someday.
2: Mm. Well, I'm nice and young, so yeah. I still got a couple of years.
0: <laughs> Before you're slave to the grind, to the man. <laughs> right. <Brian. Yes. laughs>
1: Don't do it, Riley. Don't do it. Stay mm-hmm. stay away from the man. Mm-hmm. All the right. mans. Mm-hmm.
0: Within months, Jimmy Chag was arrested for drug trafficking. The day before Jimmy's trial, though, the federal judge that was meant to sit for his trial was assassinated in his driveway. So that's a pretty big fucking deal when you kill a federal judge.
1: Right. So this is uh, Judge John Wood. Um, he is known for really given out a nice long sentence he's not like a merciful judge he's a bit of the throw the book at him style guy mm-hmm. is what I understood from this and I think this really kind of rattled a lot of people because this wasn't something that was done up until this point point. and so when people figured out that people were willing to kill in this way you know or people were vulnerable to this. I don't know. I think it kind of really made people wake up and say, shit, we are in big trouble if they're going to start coming after people who do, you know, stuff for justice.
0: <laughs> I don't know what the better <laughs> way to say that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, and it didn't work. They assumed it was an intimidation tactic, but he still went down mm-hmm. for 30 years. It just yeah. doesn't really seem like a lot of time, all things considered.
1: With drugs and with mm-hmm. Murder, because they figured out that he, yeah, had hired someone yeah. to do this. Yeah. Who did he hire? A cat named Charles Harrelson, which you, you may
0: know that he is uh, related to somebody famous. Yeah, he is one Woody Harrelson's Woody. father. Yeah. I remember that was a big thing that came out when um, Natural Born Killers came out. There was a lot of talk about it then. Do you remember?
1: I mean, so Woody Harrelson is not necessarily somebody who's a stranger to being in the news, right? Like, Mm -hmm. he's kind of an outspoken guy in some ways, but I don't remember this in particular, but I I
0: mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I just remember them Mm -hmm. because, you know, he was playing a serial killer, essentially, and they were like, well, his dad was a killer. And so that's when I had to look it up because I'm like, well, this is slightly different. I'm not saying a hitman is better than a serial killer, but I mean, they're getting paid for it, I guess. I don't know, but slightly different. Maybe. I
1: mean, we have talked before in the show, what's mm-hmm. the difference between a serial killer and a mass killer? I mean, a hitman seems like maybe it's more on the mass killer side. I don't know. So mass killing has to be done at one time, we, I think by definition. Okay, well, I don't then. know. Okay. Well, that's what I'm looking for. I want some rules. I needed to be able to define these things that will never hopefully matter to me. It's just a theoretical experiment. There you go.
0: There are rules. There are definitions Mm -hmm. to what is considered a mass. I think it's more than three people and serial killing is X amount of people in by the same person. Over Santa time. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. All right. Well, I stand corrected.
0: But because of all of this hubbub, like you said, now they're starting to look into everybody that the Chagra brothers dealt with. And that includes Drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, he's getting a little worried, but it doesn't stop him. He's still smuggling. Heat, be damned. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I do think it's funny because they talk about
1: Bradley gets caught with a bunch of guns at a hotel at the Philadelphia airport. Like, and I'm not talking like two guns. I'm talking about like
0: copious amounts of guns. <laughs> right and again night vision goggles an assassination kit, all this stuff and i'm like how many bags did you carry into this hotel a (laughs) lot and
1: there happens to be a notebook with some shit written down and this kind of again puts drew in the crosshairs of the fbi because they're like hey
0: this cat keeps showing up Right. right well yeah what made me laugh is Drew's name was in there, along with the code words for the marijuana smuggling. And I'm like, did they make up those code words? Did they have a secret (laughs) decoder pen? (laughs) Right. (laughs) It just seemed. Who writes that shit down? The whole point of a code word. was So it's not out in the world. But no, I'm just going to jot that down for posterity.
1: But I think people get complacent, right? Like, they're like, well, I haven't been caught in this long, so I mean, this hotel full of guns, that's not going to be a problem for me. And also, I have this <laughs> handy-dandy notebook, <laughs> so I don't have to remember anything, or anybody's phone numbers. Well,
0: you'll be a better criminal than they were. That's the starters. <laughs> I'd be an amazing criminal. It's good to know, okay. and to keep your career options open.
2: Yeah, I'd, cut yeah. that out. I'd cut that out if I
0: were you. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Um, Before we get too much further, I do want to make a quick mention that Fran kind of sets off a little aside here. And she talks about in 1982, there were some cows that got into somebody's drugs. There was a cylinder in a field and the cows got into the cylinder and had white all over their little muzzles. And she also says that the cocaine bear wasn't the only animal that died from drugs. But then there's no follow through on what happened with the cows. I just assumed they're just very animated for a, a various amount of time. And they're, you know.
0: I'm guaranteeing that pasture was so clean. So clean. <laughs> yeah.
1: like everything was nibbled down to like <laughs> a
0: very specified amount of grass. Yeah. yeah. Same length. All of it was the same exact length. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So silly.
0: Anyway, that's fun. Yeah. Again, this is my complaint. I enjoyed that. It would have been better in line with what we were doing because that's 1982. We haven't gotten to 82 yet. 81 was when Bradley Bryant was arrested. He did get sentenced to 15 years, by the way. Sure. But I'm like, stop bouncing around. Damn it. Uh It Uh-huh. Yeah. A note for the directors or editors. It's very hard to do notes like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. Thank you very much. Hard to follow along. Thank you, right. Yeah. Yeah. Three opinions make right. a fact, yeah. it is scientifically sound. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. But with Drew's name in the notebook, he freaks and he runs. Mm-hmm. Right? What does he do? So the way it's told is that he's just
1: out hopping from airport to airport and I'm like, does he sleep? Is there a barn? That he parks that plane in at any point. It just sounds like there's a number of months and he's just in the air
0: 80% of that time. I I am gonna point out if he's still smuggling cocaine, he wouldn't need to sleep ever. So he's good. He's good on <laughs> right, that. Right, right. Okay. Um, but I'm like, how inconspicuous is that? Now I get it's the eighties and things are loosey goosey, but you still have to stop <laughs> and get fucking fuel and shit, right? A hundred percent. Even if it's small airports that don't have towers, you have to get fuel and shit. So I don't know. Right. So they do catch him,
1: right? He is arrested by the DEA. It Mm -hmm. happens to be on a day when he doesn't have anything in the trunk, as it were. I don't know. This
2: plane is clean. uh, No junk in the trunk. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: So he receives a five month sentence after they they showed just a little bit of footage of him in court, and he looks extremely bored. And I'm like, I think they just gave him that for spite. They're like, you have to look somewhat worried about what's going to happen here. You can't just be like,
0: oh. you know. It was so funny. <laughs> I was waiting his for his, I was waiting for him to fall asleep. Honestly, like his eyes are just going to close. It's <laughs> like, damn, dude.
1: <laughs> That's right. We know he has trouble sitting still. So,
0: yeah. well, now he's down off the coke, so he should be fine. <laughs> Oh, so I guess at this point is kind of when he shifts from Mm -hmm. the marijuana to the cocaine Mm -hmm. because you can fly in a lot less cocaine and make a lot more money. Again, we heard the story in Invisible Pilot. That shift is just very enticing to people because fewer runs, more money. It seems like a smart move for a criminal. Yeah.
1: In this case though it didn't seem to go real well so the big event here that we've been leading up to is september 10th this is 1985 and our friend drew is flying from colombia with a stop scheduled in georgia and it seems that the events Transpire. They know some of the events, but not everything. There's a lot of theories. So mm-hmm. this is the part I think we're going to have a lot of fun with. Right. So for whatever reason, he skips the stop in Georgia. And they do know that he, at some point, ties the duffel bags full of cocaine to parachutes. And he lets them out. They fly and whatever. So... Once he gets that part of his journey accomplished, then he also jumps out of the plane with a parachute that may or may not have opened fully. We do know that he perishes from this incident. They do have the parachute, you know, because he ends up trespassing in that guy's driveway by being dead. And it's really unfortunate. So... Now we're going to talk about some of the theories. The first one being, well, it was
0: just a bad parachute. If that parachute had opened, we would never have known any of this. Right. Well, let's also comment, what he did when he was in the army was jump out of fucking planes, right? So he flew planes. He jumped out of planes. He's a skilled jumper. I'm sure there's a better name for that. But he knows what he's doing. This isn't his first time jumping out of a plane. (laughs) So that's why everyone was like, what happened? You know? Right. It seems uh
1: kind of counterintuitive to the whole rest of his career or whatnot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, they were like, well, the bad parachute obviously could have a giant impact on this and may have. Mm-hmm. Another is that he could have had a head injury. I think there was something on his face or on the door of the plane somewhere where they thought maybe he like a laceration or some blood or something and... Maybe he hit his head on the way out, and so he wasn't able to open the parachute appropriately. Mm -hmm. Kind of next door to that is they also thought that maybe the duffel bag swung around and hit him in the face and then incapacitated him somewhat so he couldn't open his chute appropriately.
0: 75 pounds of cocaine is a lot that's a small person you're carrying and if it flung up and hit you in the face that would do some damage they said yeah he had like bruising Mm -hmm. and cuts on his face i'm assuming he landed on his back because otherwise you wouldn't have noticed that from the fall right it would have just
1: that is a really good point because they do have some i'm gonna call it footage but i think it's actually a reenactment and they didn't say that the body was you know uh in a state where he just, I mean, he had to have been slowed down somewhat. Liquefied. Yeah, exactly. To be, not yeah. to be gory. Well, and he
0: was flying pretty low. Yeah. Right. I think he was flying pretty low. So maybe it wasn't as far. But still, you fall off a building that's much less far than a plane flying. Right. And you squash. Yeah, so not great. Um, I'm sure it wasn't good. Right. Yeah.
1: Not, uh, yeah, not, not pleasant. Mm-mm. There's another theory that talks about he was really paranoid that the government was closing in on him, and I'm like, could could have been the drugs. I don't know that he sampled his own product, but if he never landed for several months, then I agree with you. (laughs)
0: Likely, (laughs) it's likely. Yeah.
1: So I I think it's funny because, like, not any of these to me is a separate theory. They all kind of like kind of mush together. so, right. our commentators discussed that there really isn't any evidence that he was being closely monitored. So, it's hard to understand what's
0: going on there. Right. Yeah. The DEA is like, there were no planes flying <laughs> after him. So, right. Whatever. And they, I mean, they did have radio. So, if there was a,
1: a plane following you and they saw a big lump jump out, do you think they're like, oh my God, he's <laughs>
0: airborne? I don't know. If it was dark. I don't know. It was middle of the night. Yeah.
1: That's true. Okay. And then finally, they talk. Well, not necessarily the last one, but they talk about perhaps he was trying to scam the Colombian connections that he had, which seems like a bad move. That never ends well. Yeah. So, never. He was supposedly jumping out and going to crash the plane and then report back to be like, oh, sorry, all your cargo was unfortunately disposed of in the accident something like that and i'm
0: like that's like so stupid
2: well he's pretty stupid and
0: yet it sounds like some i was gonna say it sounds like some shit he would do right (laughs) (laughs) he's so smart he's smarter Mm. than them Mm. well the our knoxville detective jj he says he doesn't think that drew was dumb enough to steal from the columbia cartels i'm like wasn't he though and uh I, i just If you're if you're going into drug running to begin with, I'm not sure you're as smart as you think you are. Right. It's just it's high reward, however, also high risk.
1: Yeah, the self preservation skills are just not there. (laughs) Right. Right. And then finally, the thought is maybe there was a co conspirator on the airplane, Um, so this would have been somebody Mm -hmm. that also jumped out. I don't know how this changes some of these things, but like I said, I think you know. There might be partial truth in all of it. I don't know. But who do we think that his co-conspirator most likely would have been?
0: They assumed it was Bill Kadan because he was, like, the only person with his other friend in jail or prison or whatever. Uh, Bill was the only one that he would have trusted. Was it? Uh, We don't know. It's hard to say,
1: because Bill never said that it was him. and. There's some interesting thoughts to say that if it was, why did
0: somebody that was less accomplished of a paratrooper or whatever? Okay, you're missing something. So in 1990, Bill Leonard came forward and said that bills. he was on the plane. There's a lot know, of Jimmy's too.
2: Jimmy Jones. Right. Jim Huggins. Hey, JJ. Huggins, that That's last name. name. <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs> you're funny but
0: Bill Leonard was the one who came forward and told his story to the press saying that he was somewhat coerced into going on this trip. Thought he was just going to like Florida, the Bahamas and they ended up going all the way to Columbia. And he's like, the fuck did not know it was a drug smuggling run. And then, you know, came back. He jumped before drew and he was never charged with a crime. The police uh, knowing him, assumed that what he was saying was Mm -hmm. the truth and were convinced he was an unwilling accomplice in the drug run. Right. And I don't know what kind
1: of evidence they would have had of this anyway. Right. So it's hard to say how you would have been prosecuted for something.
0: Right. I don't know. Just having any knowledge Mm -hmm. at all, Mm -hmm. but it's, uh, you're right. That it doesn't change any of the other story. My thought is yes, there probably was a second person. He probably, jumped out because they did find another parachute farther away, just right. a parachute, nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming that it was the theory five where he was going to, you know, double cross the Colombian drug Lords. So his death in this case is probably better than if he had followed through and lived in the, and the drug Lords got him. I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean,
1: just I've I've seen several movies where that doesn't pan out for, you know, doesn't know well. The person... Yeah, you get, end up getting your comeuppance, I'm just saying. Don't steal at yeah. all, ever, but also don't steal from jungle lords. They don't tend to be merciful and stuff like that, from what I understand. No. They don't care why. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So, we kind of come back to Fran, who talks about specifically what happened with the duffel bag that was found with the bear. It mm-hmm. seems that there's a pathologist that reports that the bear likely consumed about three grams of cocaine, which is odd because I know about how much that look, what what that would be. I mean, depending on the density of the cocaine, but I know what three grams looks like of powdery stuff, more or less. Yeah, it's a lot less than 75 <laughs> pounds, pounds. Yeah. Yes. And they also determined that it's about 95% pure. So you're like, oh, seems legit then. Sounds
2: great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like the Heisenberg of cocaine. Mm-hmm.
0: A little bit. There But I was thinking, isn't your dog like 75 pounds? I think that he's about 95 pounds, but you know. He's a so. brisket. Never mind. I was going to he say. He's a big chunk. I'm like, it's about an Otis <laughs> level of cocaine, yeah. that amount. If you lift him up, that's what right. it would be. That's so, a lot of cocaine. It really is. Yeah. It, it really is. Mm-hmm.
1: So we think that probably what happened is the ground crew. Connection that Drew had planned for, were able to find the cocaine in the duffel bag by the bear. Because again, we discussed: there's no wrappers, there's no extra cocaine. It could have been anybody. We don't know who wrangled it, but we do believe that somebody
0: got a hold of it and took it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So actually, my original thought when that old man didn't go out and check on that guy and called the cops first, I thought. Sir, you could have had 75 pounds of cocaine to sell and $5,000 and rare gems and cougar hands. I mean, you really missed yeah. out. <laughs> Always check on the dead people in your yard before you call the cops. Right? That's a Terrible. good um,
1: So, I guess, let's come back to, you and let's talk about the bear now. So, he is housed at a Kentucky store
0: of some kind. Yeah, a curiosity shop of sorts, it looks like. Right. yeah.
1: Uh, Riley, what's his name?
2: Uh, Pablo Escobar. Uh, I do I But that. it's spelled with a K instead of a C, and that makes me mad. Mm. They uh, don't
1: seem to be sticklers for detail, because Fran says she believes that this is not the original bear, because again, we talked about the bear hung out dead in the woods for six weeks, and maybe that doesn't make for good taxidermy.
2: He had to decompose a little, like... I mean, I would think a lot, but Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would think so. Yeah. Other animals eating him and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: it's, it's interesting, right? There's also some clarification that the boots that Drew was wearing when he was found at the end of the driveway were not actual Gucci boots, right? They weren't Gucci shoes. What were they?
0: Uh, They were stupid fucking boots. I don't know. All I'm saying is who cares? Why wasn't this brought up when we talked about the shoes, why is this entered here as a footnote? I don't get it. It it clarifies nothing. It adds nothing to the story. Right. It's just an addendum and it's annoying.
2: Yeah.
0: Sorry. You're so funny. There I'm was sorry.
1: There were definitely moments where I was like, motherfucker, I think this is my recommendation and I'm going to get
0: grounded again. <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to recommend <laughs> stuff anymore. So... Yeah, it's and it's sad because the story itself is actually a good story. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the cocaine bear aside, yes, that is sad. It's sad. He, I hope he had at least an hour of fun before he died. <laughs> but it's the story itself is really good. It's similar to the Invisible Pilot, maybe less mm-hmm. craziness, but you could have done it justice without bringing this in just to get people to watch it. And that's really what pushed me off because I'm like, Ugh! They just kept throwing it in there—little snippets, little cubs, little just minding his own business—and I'm like, "Oh, stop it!" Right, I
1: agree with you. Um, kind of the the old coattails, right, of the big motion production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, nonetheless, it was fine. I mean, there were some there were some laughs for me. Um, I really liked the idea that the cows got into the drugs.
0: <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, that one was good.
2: What did you think, Riley? I don't know. I thought it was good. If I wish they didn't make it seem like it was about the bear, because it wasn't.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, nothing was about yeah. the bear. He didn't kill anyone. He didn't do anything. He just bad? dropped
1: dead mm-hmm. from a heart attack after having yeah. cocaine.
2: Like, I wish maybe he mauled a few right. people, killed one or mm-hmm. two. That would have been cool. But no, he didn't. Mm-mm. He just died, and they found him six weeks later. Yeah. What are your friends talking
1: about? about this movie is are people were were people are people excited to see it do you know anybody that's watched it you know what's the there was hype there? around
2: it okay i don't know if anyone watched it i remember my teacher talking to me about it okay yeah and he was like i want to see it well
0: i know lane was really excited to see it and then it came out and there were reviews
2: and he didn't want to see it anymore he's like Apparently it's horrible. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, it kinda got ruined. Well for they put you. a few no. clips in it in the documentary and like the CGI and stuff. Mm. Did not look good. Yeah.
0: It's just very campy,
1: which is fine if that's what you want. Right. I mean, like dumb comedy for dumb comedy's sake, I'm not gonna say that I'm not occasionally a fan, because mm-hmm. sometimes that's really fun. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, I would have I would have liked to have understood a little bit more about why they went this way with the movie and and that kind of stuff, but that's okay.
0: Whatever. (laughs) Basically, yeah. I I do not recommend you waste your time. (laughs) It's a good story, but if you've listened to us, you've got the story. So you don't need to watch it as well. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. It's rare that I say that. Do you have an honorary errand for the week? I guess I would have to say, I'm just going to have to go with JJ. Jimmy Jones. (laughs) Right,
1: Uh. he has got a lot of enthusiasm. There's a couple really weird shots where they focus a lot on his shoes, and I'm like, What? What?"
0: I mean, he's those shoes, though. He's very good, the black and white ones. Yeah,
2: he's got some good style.
1: He does, so he seems to be a guy that is really engaging, right? And I think they needed a little bit of this, Mm -hmm. so yeah, he was probably my favorite.
0: I'm going to give honorary Aaron to Ron Bryant, our local historian, (laughs) because he was just like a gossipy uh, housewife who just wanted to sit down and clutch her pearls (laughs) and tell you all the tea. And I love that. Right. He's like, "Mm mm-mm, that's not good. He shouldn't have done that. That's right. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Riley, do you want to throw
1: uh, a mention out for honorary Aaron this time?
2: I say the bear. He deserved more. (laughs)
1: good choice. I love it. Good choice. Yeah. (laughs) The underrepresented the bear. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Okay. Okay. Well with that, what are we going to do next week? Okay. So next time we're going to talk about the longest third date. This is a Netflix release recently, 2023 an hour and 15 minutes. And I believe the premise of this is a couple goes on a date and they got stuck in lockdown
0: together. Yeah. In Costa Rica though. So that's nice. I mean, at least this is a good destination.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm eager to see about that. Cause um, my, I feel like my experience for lockdown was different than a lot of people's cause I was not stuck at home. So I'm always a little bit fascinated to understand different aspects of those people who were like I didn't go outside for months I mean I had to go to work every day so it was different for me yeah
2: loser kind of (laughs) yeah
0: but yeah because you guys were at home while she went to work yeah but I was like
2: bored out of my mind like going crazy
1: yeah as were a lot of people which is legit it's fine I just remember yeah. feeling I'm oh, gonna be stuck at home. That's stupid work or whatever. Now I will say I'm fortunate yeah. to still have a job during this time because there were a lot of people who didn't, but that's a different aspect. Mm-hmm. Sure.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was stuck at home, but I was working. So people were like, I'm making bread today. I'm like, fuck off, I'm working today. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I was happy to have a job, mm-hmm. but sad I couldn't just sit back and make sourdough bread or whatever people are doing.
2: No, I think cloud bread is a big thing then. Mm-hmm. Cloud bread and whipped okay, coffee. My bad.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: Ooh, I do remember that. Remember that. Yeah.
2: coffee was pretty good. I made that quite, quite a few times.
1: You did. You did.
0: So. Um, not for me.
1: <laughs> I think this maybe was the time when we were trying to get the podcast up and moving. So there were definitely some coffee experiments that happened while we were recording together at the same time.
0: <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. All right. Well, thank you, Riley, for joining us. Yeah, I'm glad You're you welcome. could come on and see how this works.
2: I had a great time.
0: <laughs> good oh, goody so did i i i can't wait to hear how amazing it will be to edit three tracks and not two so good luck yeah <laughs> yeah yeah didn't think about that did you
2: <laughs> i did i did okay yeah. <laughs> all
0: right guys okay. we will talk to you next week all right laters us. Bye. bye bye